listening to GP Life Hacks with Dr. David Land. Let's talk about imaging then, because that's also kind of poorly taught for students and GPs alike. Mm -hmm. So let's go quickly from top to toe and then we might call it a day. So head imaging, generally speaking, what imaging do you have available that's worthwhile doing? CT. Yep, CT head. CT with contrast. CT with contrast. Yep, CT, CT with contrast, MRI. Yep, anything else? X-ray. When is a plain film of the head worth doing and when? Yes. So technically the answer is yes, because technically a skull fracture, because x-rays for all intents and purposes across the body, you're really looking for two things depending on what body part is. Do you have a way of that body part or do you have a fracture dislocation of that body part? Okay. So with regard to the head, technically speaking, yes, you would may be able to pick up a skull fracture on the plain film x-ray of the head. In actual practice, you tend to mainly do CTs. Generally speaking, the reason is because, well, hell, if you're thinking there was enough force to crack a skull, you're probably wondering what's going on with the brain as well. And obviously the plain film of the, yeah. Um, so the technical answer is yes, technically, for example, there's some towns where you can't get CTs, but for all intents and purposes, mainly your go-to is a CT and MRI because in most trauma situations, at least the CT will be available. So... Basically, you'll see as we talk about it more, the basic pattern between do I do a CT or do I do an MRI is CT is usually for acute stuff and MRI is usually for chronic stuff. The reasons are as follows. Both give you a good 3D image of the body part, soft tissue and hard bits, i.e. bones. Okay. So most of the time, either will get the job done. What's the advantage of CT? So MRI technically gives you a bit of a better image, but most of the time CT will give get the job done for most body parts. What's the advantage of doing a CT as opposed to MRI? Like it's just faster. Yes, that's the answer. It's just faster, okay? Because it actually takes a lot to get everybody organized for an MRI, get the staff together. You just It's just not a done thing. You cannot get an emergency MRI done. It's just not a done thing. It just costs too much in terms of resources. Yeah. It's just not a done thing. So for acute trauma of the head, you're obviously going to have to commit to a CT head because it will give you a good idea as to whether or not there's a brain bleed or not. And you can get it like now. You can call people in at the middle of the night and, you know, within half an hour, you'll have your answers. So that's why regardless of body part tends to be acute is CT, chronic tends to be MRI. What's the advantage other than potentially better quality pictures? What's the advantage of MRIs generally speaking as opposed to CTs? Exactly. Okay. So for that, reason you know you generally see mris done in the in the chronic setting for example chronic headache you're trying to work out whether there's a space occupying lesion these days a lot of people go mris opposed to cts because it's far less radiation and they're not going to die because tomorrow they don't get a scan done why that's become more of a thing because previously most people still got cts anyway even for chronic headache and stuff like that what's changed the game is from a economic level in australia there's that many private companies doing uh, MRIs these days. The That's right. The the supply has driven the cost down. Okay. So now all radiology companies to compete with each other have capped the fees that you can MRI any body part you want. So the GP can send you for any body part MRI you want and it will co- only cost you $250 maximum. This is opposed to 10 years ago when it cost $1,000. So you had to think long and hard before, oh, do I want to get a $150 CT or do I want to get a $1,000 MRI? Okay, so that has very much influenced the decision making in Australia with regard to this kind of stuff. So 
We've talked about the head, acute trauma, acute, uh, you know, query, acute uh, brain bleed, subarachnoid hemorrhage, whatever, acute subdural, whatever, CT head. If it's a chronic thing, MRI is probably preferable. Plain films, doable, but probably not worth it. C-spine, let's go to. What imaging is worthwhile doing? Plain film is controversial. I think someone wants to say with her. But no, yes, technically you're correct. And CT scan, okay? What would you potentially see when you do an x-ray of your neck? Why, why would you do an x-ray of neck? To see... That's right, to see whether you've got a fracture dislocation. So, generally speaking, like we said before, x-ray, there's two reasons why you do an x-ray. Either I want to see yes or no, you do or you don't have a fracture dislocation. Yes or no, I want to see whether you do or you don't have OA. The exception to that rule is the spine. So they've done copious studies now to show degenerative changes that you always see reported on the on any you know C-spine, lumbar spine, whatever. It just means f all. Okay? They've done copious studies where they've lined up a whole bunch of normal functional people with absolutely no back pain or no problems or no clinical indication of OA, and their spines look all terrible with background degenerative changes on the plane films. Conversely, they've done a whole bunch of imaging on people with really, really, really bad back pain and their plane films look completely normal. Okay? Mm -hmm. So really the only time you would do a X-ray, plane film X-ray of the spine, is to figure out whether they've broken their neck or their spine. So it is a bit controversial and there's competing studies across the world as to do we do, if we're trying to figure out whether somebody's got a C-spine fracture, do we do a plane film or do we do a CT? What's the advantage of doing a CT C-spine to look for a fracture than a plain film x-ray? You get three dimensions. That's right. You get three dimensions. So it's just a way better image. And unfortunately, because the neck's so complex, sorry, the spine is so complex the whole way down and there's a whole lot of different structures all superimposed on each other. Unfortunately, the plain film is just not going to cut it. You could argue. So if you're, and you know, it's high stakes. C-spine trauma, query C-spine fracture, that's high stakes, isn't it? If they've got a broken neck, they could, you know and really, really, really badly. So there's some literature out there just like, hell, just do a CT. You know, yes, the downside is way more radiation, but at least you know. Yeah. So me personally, if there's an acute trauma, I will generally just do a CTC spine. Within the mechanism of injury suspicious, I would just generally do a CTC spine. A lot of doctors do an X-ray first to see or there's like different scores and rules and stuff. And they say, if you score heaps low, then the index suspicion is low. Therefore you can get away with the X-ray. Yeah, so that's up for debate. So either is the, the right answer, just so you're aware, though, there is a bit of controversy around that. Okay. The other caveat that I had with regard to that is CTC spine. Basically, if there's enough trauma that you're wanting to do a CT head to figure out whether they have a brain bleed, you might as well do a C-spine as well. Because if you think about it, mechanism of injury, if you think they've had that much trauma where you're worried about a traumatic brain bleed, you really got to think to yourself, well, surely they're at risk of having in that same traumatic incident a C-spine fracture as well, hey. Versus the additional radiation that you get from having a CT brain plus CT C-spine is incremental. It's minimal compared to just doing a CT brain alone. Mm. So always stop and think, I'm doing a CT brain for an acute trauma. I should be doing a CT brain C-spine as well. Okay. So that's that one. Let's move down. Shoulder, we all wanted to talk about. So, I mean, the main condition, other than acute shoulder trauma and dislocation or fracture or whatever, the main chronic condition is what for shoulder? Rotator cuff. Exactly, yeah. Rotator cuff impingement or tear or supraspinatus, you know, specifically, usually out of all the rotator cuff muscles, supraspinatus, yeah. So in terms of imaging, what imaging is worthwhile doing on the shoulder? 
ultrasound. In general, ultrasound and x-ray. That's right. So x-ray, what are your yes and no questions? Do you have... Right, they've had a dislocation. That's right. It's the same as the, all the other stuff, isn't it? Do you or do you not have OA of the shoulder? Do you do you not have fractured dislocation of the shoulder? Yeah. Ultrasound, what are you looking for? It's the softer bits, isn't it? Do you or do you not have a rotator cuff tear or rotator and cuff impingement? Okay. CT and MRI is also reasonable. Okay. And it tends to be the same rules. If it's acute diagnostic uncertainty, do a CT. If it's chronic diagnostic uncertainty doing an MRI, i.e., for example, if you've got a high mechanism injury and they're really acting like got a really bad shoulder fracture, but it's only turning up at this little thing on the 2D plane film, do a CT. Yes, it's radiation, but arguably that could change management. So this is a 60-year-old lady. Fall, she really munted her humeral head, so that was communicated all in pieces, and the shaft as well was communicated all in pieces as well. So initially we thought, oh, we're going to have to do surgery on that. But because it was all communicated, the surgeon didn't think he could put a nail through it. So it was literally the decision was, do we do a full shoulder replacement after which she will only have limited function of her shoulder because it's a replacement? Or can we get away with collar and cuff? Because he said, although it's communicated in a really bad way, it actually lines up pretty well yeah. in, the, in the collar and cuff. So we did a CT just to double check what it looked like from all different perspectives and actually lined up really well. So we made the call just to leave it. And let it heal. And chances are it will actually make... Well, I don't know. This is like last week. So I'll give her a call in six weeks time and see how it's going. Yeah. So acute diagnostic uncertainty slash change of management, do a CT. And that's pretty well the rule for any body part. And chronic diagnostic uncertainty. So say, for example, you've got chronic shoulder pain. There's a little bit of impingement on the ultrasound, but doesn't match the symptoms. And you wonder whether it's just because the view's awkward, then do an MRI. Cool. Okay. Moving down, elbow, literally the same things. X-ray will tell you, yes or no, there's a fracture or dislocation. Yes, no, there's OA. Ultrasound will tell you what the tendons are doing, okay? Acute diagnostic uncertainty, like the fracture, but it doesn't look bad. You know, do I do a not surgery? I want to see what it looks like. All different views, do a CT. Uh, chronic diagnostic uncertainty, like, oh, you know, the elbow ultrasound looks pretty good, but actually it's not moving very well at all. Do an MRI. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wrist, exactly the same thing. X-ray, ultrasound, CT or MRI. Hand and finger joints, same thing. Moving down now, lumbar spine, highly controversial and probably completely mismanaged in a lot of cases. Okay. For several reasons. Number one, like we just said, X-rays of the lumbar spine give you no information about OA. Okay. Literally the only thing that can be achieved, the only time I do an X-ray of the lumbar spine is acute trauma, do I think you've fractured your lumbar spine? Or no trauma at all, but you really, really saw a skinny old lady, do you actually have a um, occult crush fracture? Yep, because of osteoporosis. Other than that, it's just not worth doing. If you have somebody with chronic back pain and they have, so they've got, oh, sorry, if you've got somebody with acute sudden back pain and it's really, really bad and they've got a bit of neurology, but it's not affecting their bladder and bowels, therefore not a quarter equina, you could confirm your diagnosis of a slip disc with a CT lumbar spine. But these days there's an argument to not necessarily just treat empirically with the Lyrica. So say if they've got like, you know, they're lifting their trailer, felt sudden really bad back pain, and now it's shooting down their leg in a neuropathic style, you could arguably just put them on Lyrica because now it's cheap and affordable. Yeah. Because that's the other thing with slip discs or herniated discs, the misconception is, you know, you hear these people come in, oh, I slipped my disc in the 70s and I've not been right since then. <laughs> 
That's actually because unfortunately you've been poorly managed. So 90% of slip discs actually get better by themselves spontaneously. So there's very much an argument for just treating empirically saying like, okay, you've got neuropathic pain now, but nothing more sinister than that. I'm just going to give you Lyrica for the next three months. And only if we're not winning them, will I do a CT spine and, um, you know, expose you to radiation, see what we can do. Okay. What are the indications for CT lumbar spine? for back pain. Quadroclinus syndrome? Yes, is one because that's an absolute emergency and might need urgent surgical management. What's the other one? Like cancer metastasis. That's right. So if they've got sort of back pain that's going on and on and on and on and on, or, you know, back pain with neurological symptoms in particular, it'd be reasonable, one, to just make sure you haven't missed a diagnosis, like a space occupying tumour. So there's one case I had where the guy was completely fine other than back pain. And then when I did an MRI of his lumbar spine, he had this big lymphoma that had eaten away his L3, L4. Mm. So if you're not winning, it would be reasonable to do a CT spine to make sure you haven't missed a you know, less common diagnosis. The other reason is potentially planning for surgery. Okay, if you think, okay, this isn't get better and unfortunately you might need a spinal decompression because it's going on for years and it's progressive. CT would help you sort of scope out what you're going to do surgically. Thereafter, it then begs the question, if this is a chronic progressive thing, arguably you just commit to MRI anyway, if they can afford the 250 bucks because it's less radiation, slightly better image. Okay, so it's CT or MRI either. But obviously if it's an acute quarter equina, you don't want to fuck around, just do a CT because you ain't got time for that shit. You want to fix it now if there's a quarter equina. Okay, moving down, hips, it's the same thing. Uh, X-ray, yes or no, OA, yes or no, um, strafactor dislocation, uh, ultrasound for the softer bits, uh, and then CT or MRI for acute or chronic diagnostic uncertainty. Knees, that's an exception to the rule. Do not ultrasound the knee. Too much stuff in a packed space superimposed on each other. So the ultrasound will give you pretty well no information about the soft tissues. That's actually clinically useful. So literally your imaging options for the knee are X-ray, yes, no, you do, you don't have OA or fracture dislocation or an MRI to have a look at the cartilage. So your meniscus, your ACL. And obviously CT is useful in the acute setting. Like, you know, clinically a broken hip, but I can't see it on playing film. I better do a CT to just double check. Yeah. And I've actually had a few of those. Clinically, they're clearly enough, but actually the x-ray looks completely fine. But then on CT, yep, there it is. Okay, so that's knees. The take-home message is don't do an ultrasound. The exception being if you're going to do an ultrasound-guided injection, you know, aspiration of a knee or an ultrasound-guided cause of injection of the knee. Ankles, same as everything else, x-ray, ultrasound, or CT or MRI. So and feet, weird, same thing. They have that weird ankle view we're meant to do. If we Mortis. That. Yeah, and that's pretty much MSK ortho in a nutshell. It's actually not that complex. It's literally just fractures, acute fractures, or chronic tendon slash OA. Hey. Sounds good. Yeah. I have some questions. Yes, right. please. Um, what's the difference bone skin therapy, pet, pet scan, and bone scan? Pet scan, you're instilling them with this FDG avid contrast kind of medium. So it's going to be picked up. Sorry, it's gonna it's sugar rich, so it's been picked up by highly turning over cells, high metabolism cells. So it's just FDG out of sugar essentially. Nuclear medicine scans, your bone scans, and dyscentigraphy. So they're actually instilling a radioactive ion. I think it's like technique, whatever it is. There's a couple of different ions you can use, and they're instilling that, and that will get picked up and seeded to the sites of rapid turnover. So it's essentially you're giving them a different. Okay. 
agent to show up the turnover. So your bone scans will show up highly turnover areas as well. Um, there's a few more indications for bone scans and like your nuclear medicine bony stuff, um, which I can't remember so look them up, but yeah. Okay, awesome. Thanks. And then if we're worried about avascular necrosis, which imaging is best? Scaphoid is a good example because scaphoid is notorious for that happening as a complication. In my experience, because I have had a couple, and it's because particularly in old people, I've had a couple scaphoids where like six to eight weeks later, it's completely non-union. And then you wonder, is that, is it actually underlying avascular necrosis or is it literally just, it hasn't healed together yet? Mm. The advice I've got from plastics at RA is it's reasonable to do an x-ray. Yeah. And the x-ray is pretty good. So in answer to your question, it's probably x-ray as the first port of call. And if the x-ray looks completely good and no obvious avascular necrosis, you could probably leave it there. However, if not, your next port of call will probably end up being an MRI. Yeah. Well, sorry, CT or MRI. Yeah. Because it's a chronic kind of thing anyway, yeah. you could argue the merits of either CT or MRI, but either would give you probably a good look, yeah. good 3D look. Yeah. Cool. And like they always want to join above and join below, blah, blah, blah. Correct. Correct. Any other questions? You've been listening to GP Life Hacks with Dr. David Lamb. Music by Nathan Huiyi. Stop it and say she still is mine.